Who's BB? <laughs> Sorry about that. It's all right. <laughs> let me just let me just tell her I can't talk. Go for it. Hey, I'm sorry, I can't talk. I'm in the middle of my radio show. Okay? <laughs> okay, t'as tout interrompu, j'aurais dû éteindre mon téléphone. This will be our blooper. Okay? <laughs> okay very nice. Okay. Je te parle tout à l'heure, okay? Okay, bye. Bye. I told her about it. 50 times. <laughs> and I'm sorry I forgot to turn my phone off, but I'm going to do it now. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the On The Runs podcast. We are coming from you at separate locations. I am in my bedroom, sitting on my bed, again, surrounded by laundry, which does great for the acoustics, apparently. <laughs> Erica, what are you doing? Where are you at? I'm in the spare bedroom, our second office, or not office, uh, studio. We have three. I guess third office? How many studios? Oh. <laughs> we have three studios in your house. We got the dining room. There which, we go. Which I think we're done with. We yep. got the, now we, it's the couch. That's our main studio. And then it, this is the backup, backup studio. <laughs> yeah, that's the studio when others are in the house and we can't be bothered. We go upstairs. Yep. In your couch. It's been a long weekend, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be mincing my words. I did a lot of cooking today because it's Mother's Day. So I had my family over. And yesterday was a long day for me. With uh, We can get into that. But I had a nice race yesterday. Well, every, uh, how, how's everything going with you? Every Monday when I go back to work, Darlene at the uh, front desk says to me, how was your weekend? And I stop and I go, I don't remember what I did. I never remember. <laughs> you just need to listen to the episodes. Oh, yeah. It'll tell you. Re-listen, yeah. I know today I went on a bike ride with the boys. It's Mother's Day, but I spent most of the day with the boys. Adeline and Ashley had Mother's Day things, and they went around and saw oh, nice. Ashley's mom and her grandmother. We did Mother's Day with my mom last night. The funny thing about that was I get a text from my sister, mm-hmm. and it says, Hey, guys, dinner will be served at 5 o'clock. You know, show up anytime or after 3.30. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I had no clue. I thought I was going to, because I I knew I had the boys today. I thought I was just going to go to my mom's house with the boys. And I'm like, I had no, n- no clue about this happening. Whoops. <laughs> Ashley, <Sorry>. my sister, <laughs> and my mom made all the plans. And I didn't know. And Ashley was like, yeah, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> hey, as long as you showed up, that's all that counts. That's right. Hey, I am jealous because the race you did yesterday was like mm-hmm. one of my favorite races I've ever done locally, and mm-hmm. I missed out. But you got to go, and I saw some pictures, and you were there with Katie, and there was a yep. few other girls there I saw who follow us, and we follow them, and they're, yep. the, they're the badass women runners. Tell me about it. Yeah, I had the total image 10-miler yesterday, and I tend to run that. It's one of my favorites as well. It can vary when... It happens in the years. It like could be end of March, April. This time it's May. But yeah, it's it starts at Arms Park in Manchester and goes the the Goffstown Rail Trail, and it's it is one of my favorites. Um, so I've d- done this one quite a few times, and this one was my best one to date. So I did the ten miles. I had like an eight minute average pace through the whole thing, and I came in like a minute and a half faster than last year. And I placed second in my age group. I was like fifth overall female and like 11th finisher. But I think that's because a lot of people, they decided to do a um, 
a half marathon distance this year. So I think a lot of them d- decided to do the half marathon instead of the 10 miler. So I, uh, I'm still very proud of how I did though. You were not only a minute and a half faster this year. You're like 10 minutes faster than the year that I ran when I got third mm-hmm. and did an hour 20, eight minutes flat. Exactly what you got. In fact, we mm-hmm. looked at it today and I think I only beat you by four seconds. <laughs> that's it. Just really, That's perfect. But yeah, I'm seeing the improvements. I was wearing my um, the Nike Vaporflies. So funny story about those. I have quite a few pairs now. And I started naming them different things. So I have like a white and silver pair. Those are my hi-ho silvers. Today uh, or yesterday, I wore the, um, it's like a neon yellow with like blue on them. Those are my electric boogaloos. <laughs> so I just named them weird things. They make me laugh. So me and the electric boogaloos did really, really well. I love it. I love but, naming. Yeah. <laughs> I love naming everything. I don't name my shoes. I've never done that. But I named my bikes and... um uh-huh. My specialized Roubaix is this gray bike with some white lines on it, and I call it the Gray Ghost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very it, nice. That's a race car thing. <laughs> There's a big race car called the Gray Ghost, so I call it the Gray Ghost. I like that name. Very nice. Yeah. Love that. But yeah, name. I had some some hard work I did yesterday, so I got to give a shout out to um, my new pair of UFOs that I got because those have been helping me recover. And if you guys have not jumped on the UFOs bandwagon yet, you are missing out. Those things are the most comfortable pair of like sandals I own. Um, I actually have a couple pairs of their shoes too. Um, so yeah, big shout out to UFOs for helping me recover and taking the stress off of my joints and stuff and helping me helping me feel better after these long races, man. Well, hey, I love to hear that. Shout but... out to my cousin, Jen, by the way. Well, I <laughs> love to best. hear that, but no free ads. <laughs> I can do what I want. It's my podcast. <laughs> But, well, yeah, Jen, you seem pretty awesome. So, uh, you know, I could. Jen I'm, is fantastic. I'm a size so nine. So is my cousin Stephanie. They're twins. <laughs> uh, whoa, twins. Jen, I have twins yeah. and that's amazing. And so we're all in the club. So I'm a size nine, nine and a half. If uh, you ever got a, a men's <laughs> pair hanging around. Can I, can I blow your mind for a second? So my cousin Stephanie, uh, Jen's sister, um, also has twins, <laughs> her own set of twins. So lots of twins run in my family on both sides, actually, which is just really funny. So. Well, you better be careful. <laughs> Mind blown, right? Well, my my dental hygienist, one of the hygienists there, they had two kids and they went for a third and they got triplets. No way. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. intense. Because I was there telling them, like, we went for baby number two, you know, and then we got twins. So now we got three, which mm-hmm. is great for me. I wanted three. So worked out. Yep. You're good to go. All right. So I should th- we? Yeah, we should get into this, right? We, we've we got quite the exciting episode coming up for everybody. I am very excited to get into it because I learned so much about triathlons and the mental toughness it takes to complete a full that we need to just, just get right into this. You were so into this. So let's talk about it. We finally have on Scott Black. We've been talking about Scott for a long time now. Since mm-hmm. the beginning, one of your good buddies. Yeah, since the beginning, he's the guy that got me into triathlon. He he helped me enjoy running again after I quit running mm-hmm. and bought a bike. He has done five Ironmans, and each one has their own amazing story. And we got yes. him on to share. So we went on location to his house, and we recorded in his pain cave, which you know we're trying to find the best place for acoustics. And then there is these windows open and kids playing outside. You might hear some <laughs> kids. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a learning experience for us too. 
we were there. We, for... So I got there right after work, but I didn't leave his house until after 10 o'clock. It was like 1030. We it were... was like we were I was there for like five hours. And we have over three and a half hours of content with Scott. And no, yes. you're not going to get all three and a half hours right now. This isn't going to be the longest episode ever. I'm thinking three to four episodes. We will spread these out between now and when Scott goes to Kona. So spoiler alert, Scott's going to Kona. <laughs> We're going to call this like the Road to Kona series, Scott Black. So I love it. We recorded the entire thing with Scott. We took a couple breaks. Some people, you know, couldn't hold it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we got some quality time in with Scott and he shared all of his excellent stories with us. <laughs> so Erica, I totally agree with you. It is about time we should start our first series and get into part one of the Scott Black interview, The Road to Kona Story. Our next guest to join us at On the Runs has been mentioned here just a few times in the past. His journey over the past five years is filled with results that most would kill for, but his story goes beyond the results into the struggle, the suck, the pain, and the code brown on his road to Kona. He's invited us into his home as we're on location recording in the Pain Cave, where he continues his journey to soon compete in the Ironman World Championships at Kona this fall. We're excited to welcome Scott Black to On the Runs. Scott. Finally, the time has come. Thank you for coming on. No, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. There's nothing I uh, like more than talking about triathlon. <laughs> and thanks for having us in your house. It's gorgeous. Thank you. There is nothing he likes more than talking about triathlon and Bob Babbitt. I love Bob. I spent all day today and the day before and the day before <laughs> and Monday listening to babbittville before the saint george world championships that are happening this weekend yeah shout out to bob because i just learned about him today so he's got another fan you want to fill us in a little bit for others just like erica who bob babbitt is and breakfast with bob uh bob is the uh self-anointed uh, newsman specialist for iron man he's been interviewing people before races for i don't know 20 30 years it's always the same questions but it's just great. Hopefully that's going to be us someday in interviewing uh, triathletes and famous runners. Well, this is a great start. We are at your house. We're in your man cave. Mm -hmm. Right behind us, you have, well, Beast is not there. Beast is your tri bike, but you got your whole bike set up in front of not one, but two TVs. Why you got two TVs there? Uh, one is for Zwift and the other one is for distraction. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Typically you're into the Marvel movies. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy uh, the, the world of Marvel. What's your favorite? I like Civil War. You're a Captain America I, guy? I'm a big Captain America Very fan. Very nice. Of course, Shout out Chris Evans, please. <laughs> please and thank you. <laughs> it, you know, it was a tough decision uh, to be Team Tony or Team Cap, but you got to go with Cap all the time. I got to give some love to Thor, too, though. He's uh, he's pretty pretty funny and good to look at. <laughs> not going to lie. The ladies like Thor. Yes. I have not been to the movies in forever. I would watch these uh, 10 years ago, but haven't been in forever. And Ashley and I just planned a movie night. Yeah. Top Gun 2 is coming out. Mm. So we're actually going to get a babysitter. You guys are going to yell at me. I've never seen Top Gun. What? What? <laughs> so I got a couple of watts. That's good. Oh, <laughs> but, my God. Yeah, I've never seen it. But we could have a whole jump, episode on Top Gun. <laughs> I got to jump on that bandwagon. Well, let's get into it. Scott, let's start from the beginning, as we like to do. 
I know a little bit about your past, but fill everyone else in. You were born in the USA, but where did you grow up? Um, when I was uh, seven, my dad had to go work in Europe, so took the family and moved to France, and I spent 15 years in France. And there, did you grow up doing sports or running, or were you into... Is that where the love of biking came from, the Tour de France? <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of times watching the Tour de France. Um, and I was a pretty average athlete, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> but the, uh, the the French uh, education system doesn't really concentrate much on sports. It's usually done after school program, and school is from uh, nine to five. Doesn't leave much time in the day. So high school sports, and then uh, once I went to college, that was that was pretty much it. Where'd you go to school? I actually went to school in uh, in Paris. I went to the uh, American University of Paris and spent four years there. Very nice. And you came back to the country when? Uh, so once I was done with college, I was like, I'm done with France too. That was 1985. <laughs> <Had> <laughs> yeah. Um, that was 1985? 1985. I was born in 85. Oh yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> you come back to the States. I think your brother followed you too, right? Shortly after? Uh Actually, Brad came over a year or two before me. He he went to Tufts in Boston, so it was a good place to get family back together on this side of the ocean. We're going to get into Brad later because Brad is a doctor. And, and at one point in Scott's journey, Brad probably saved his life. He knew a lot more than the doctors in Mexico, but we'll get to that I later. I can't wait to hear that. All right, let's go. <laughs> so let's talk about triathlon. At what point in your life... Did you get into triathlon? So my first triathlon was actually a half Ironman. It was a Timberman in 2014. I'm wearing the t-shirt. Very nice. Yeah. And that was kind of a progression. Uh, in, in 2010, I had a friend who challenged me to uh, run a marathon with him. At the time, the company paid for the trip. It was great. Which one did you do? So we went down to D.C. and we did the... Marine Corps marathon. Uh-huh. Very nice. And that was uh, that was that was a good experience. I hadn't I hadn't done any uh, long endurance sports, so it did did the marathon, and then I was like, okay, I got to find another challenge, and I took four years. Uh, decided to sign up and do the uh, do the half Ironman. So let's let's backtrack here. You and I met. We'll call it 2012. We worked together, and I remember when he talk to me about this i thought he was crazy to do a half iron man i thought i was crazy too like i'm like you're gonna bike 56 miles and then run a half marathon i like, still think you guys are crazy for that so. i thought it was i i didn't and then swim on top of that to begin i thought he was nuts and it was so cool when he came back and he did it and you came back you were nationally ranked not not for the for uh, my experience after Timberman. I came in fourteenth uh, in the age group. I had a good time, and when I was done with that, I I literally at the end of the race said, "I don't think I could do this again," meaning uh, another one point two mile swim, another fifty six miles on the bike, and then another half marathon. I thought that that was just insane, but I kept on talking about it and saying, you know. I've done the half. Now I want to do the full. <laughs> That's quite the progression. Right. Never again to, okay, let's, right. let's go back. And I <laughs> let's talked go about, bigger. And I talked about it. 
And I talked about it. For quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I talked about it. And that was three years of talking about it. And there came a time when someone asked me, so are you going to do it? And actually, it was my sister-in-law. And at that time, it was, I just said, I really got to well, basically shit or get off the pot. <laughs> so uh, in, uh, in January, I signed up for the Ironman in Mont Tremblant. It's a personal favorite of yours too, Newt. It is a personal favorite. <laughs> this is 2017, and I'm at work, and I say, if you sign up, I'm going. You're like the greatest like crew guy. You call them Sherpas. Yep. The, <laughs> so that's uh, where it comes from. Yep. Your dedicated your dedi- nice. your dedicated dedicated bag carrier is called your Sherpa because there's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to carry around. You don't want to have to worry about everything. So if you have somebody to help you, it uh, it takes uh, takes weight off your shoulders. That's perfect. I love doing the races myself, but I actually have a, a I think more fun being there as part of someone's support crew, mm-hmm. like yours, Franker Man, yours, Iron Man. I just mm-hmm. have a lot of fun, like taking in the atmosphere and 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 watching everyone out there compete and it's a lot more fun to help and assist like i got to run with you at yeah. two three in the morning and i got to do a lot of the training with you or go there remember well, we'll get into that but when you were at mount tremblant we did a training run during the fireworks it basically was getting hit by flying debris oh wow <laughs> yeah the, the night before yeah that's intense <laughs> it might have been two nights before but let's get into ironman mount tremblant in Quebec, Canada. Why did you pick Canada? It was just that it was the closest race to drive to. Also, so, does Timberman not have a full? No, they don't. They don't. The other closest race is uh, is Lake Placid, mm-hmm. and that's a classic. And it was t- it's tough to get into, and I just hadn't signed up early enough. And then it also just so happens that I have a Canadian girlfriend from Quebec. There we go. It worked out. That's what we all thought. Oh, he's doing it because his girlfriend's from there. And But really, it's also a month after Lake Placid. So you get a whole nother month of training. Yeah. And I didn't. I really didn't know what I was getting into. It was a, a lot of work. There was, you know, I picked some random a program off the internet from some magazine. I think it was a 20-week training program. And I followed it. And it got me to the start line. So... Mount Tremblant. Mm-hmm. It's a ski town. It's a big ski mountain. Uh, we're staying right in the village. The atmosphere was just amazing. There's all these shops and restaurants. Like that's, I had a blast. Like I didn't have to watch what I was eating. That's good. There is, I wouldn't call them concerts, but they had bands playing music and a DJ. They had fireworks show. The whole week leading up was just this big festival. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic location, and the town really embraces uh, Iron Man Week. And of course, the race on the uh, on the Sunday. Just being there made me want to do an Ironman. So you really want to make like a vacation out of this? You're you're doing like you're there for the week, yeah, right? You, you rent a condo, Airbnb style, there, slope side, like you ski and ski out if it was the winter. That sounds so fun. Um, you get a place with a pool and a hot tub and all that. It, it's a ton of fun. And if nice. you want to stay like right in the village, you get one of their hotels, which mm-hmm. is like right in the village. Oh, that's perfect. And it, of course. The, you have to book that like a year ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I can imagine how it fills up, yeah. And it's like they know it's Ironman week, so all prices are jacked up. Of course. They yeah. do that everywhere. You can go there any other week in the summertime and have a beautiful, inexpensive weekend or week trip, and you're paying three times that during Ironman week. Mm-hmm. But the venue is amazing. I think they, they say top five for all the Ironman venues for a spectator. Out yeah. of everywhere? 
of all the Ironman venues, yeah, top five spectator venue. Lake wow. Placid's in that as well, from what I remember. Wow. And we're talking out of all the ones in like the world. The world. Wow. Yeah. I am the universe. impressed. I am impressed. So your first Ironman, we get there. Where was your head? I I figured I'd done the training. You know, I I knew I could finish, but I really had no idea what to expect because you never do the full 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, followed by the marathon. You never do it in training. You 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 break it up. Did you have any sort of goal in your head or you just wanted to finish this since it was your first fall? You just wanted to make sure you cross that finish line or did you have like a stretch goal you were aiming for? Like, I don't even know what a good time is for a full Ironman. <laughs> Fill me in. I need to know this kind of stuff. The pros run the, do the course in just around eight hours. Oh my gosh. I uh, did it in 13. 13 pers- still sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. And then I wow. think the max is 17. They they have a seventeen and a half hour cutoff. Okay. Uh, the rate you know the race starts at seven thirty in the morning and at midnight. Okay. They shut it down and if you're ten yards away from the finish line and midnight hits, oh. you're not an Ironman. Oh no. Exactly. They say he'll he'll congratulate you. So when you finish an Ironman, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far ahead. Mike Riley will be there and he'll go, Erica Hamill, you are a Iron Man, and everyone else <laughs> says it with you. And if you're one of the last ones to cross the finish line, just before midnight, everyone, the whole, it's like a rock show. Really? The whole place Everybody is comes wild. out for it? And everyone comes down for it, and they all yell, you are an Iron Man. Ugh. There was one year, this girl came by about 30 seconds after the cutoff, oh, and you know, I listened. my heart. You know what he said? <laughs> what? Congratulations, Erica. But you're not an <laughs> And that was it. Oh, no. And that oh, that makes it. me so sad for whoever doesn't make the cut. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. Get it, we'll get into the finish yeah. line later and what that's like and who Mike Riley is. But okay. I got to ask, like, did you realize your chances of qualifying for Kona before your first Ironman? Honestly, I can't remember that clearly for the first one, whether or not I went in thinking that I could qualify for, for Kona. You know, the the training I had done, you know, I sort of estimated that I could maybe do this in 10 and a half hours. And at the time, you know, I would, I would look at prior races, see what people had done in, in, in the age group, because you're racing in your age group. Mm-hmm. I sort of thought I had a chance, but I really didn't know what to expect. But my stretch goal was 10 and a half hours. So for people like me who aren't familiar with the qualification standards for Kona, what what is the qualification? Like, how how do you go to Kona? Well, backing up a little bit, Kona is the place where the world championships mm. is uh, is held every year. Anybody who races, that that's really their ultimate goal is to get to Kona. And the way Ironman allocates slots for Kona is based on the number of starters in the age group. And some age groups have a lot of starters, like the 35 to 39 age group or the 40 to 44 age groups are Mm -hmm. typically those with the most starters. And they might get four, five, six slots to qualify. My advanced age age group typically only gets two slots. Oh, wow. So it is quite competitive. So we're talking like the best of the best here. All right. 
Yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about being in the uh, one or 2% mm. of your age group. So if you do that, you're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am nowhere near <laughs> near that. In my group, there might be a hundred, uh, 200, and I, will, I always finish like right in the middle. So even if there's like 200, there's still only like six spots for them. No, I'd say yeah. less. It's very competitive. So um, how many people Kona, get to go to Kona? It's an excellent yeah. question. So Kona, <laughs> 25 people, excuse me, 25, 2,500 people can actually be on the start line. Oh. And that's limited by the amount of people, the amount of people, the amount of bikes they can fit on the pier. Oh, wow. In Kona, you can't fit any more bikes. So it's 2,500. Wow. Men and women combined. So if it were 50-50 worldwide, 1,250 people are going to make it. So it's competitive. That's impressive. All right, let's get into the race. The night before the race, I remember like you cooked, you were following a plan, you cooked this meal, you had the meal, you went to bed, and you got your first three hours of sleep before your daughter showed up because they were a little late. Yeah, that's right. I went to bed at eight o'clock in the morning, uh, eight o'clock in the morning, went to bed at eight o'clock at night, got like two or three hours of sleep. And my daughter had just flown back from her semester abroad in Amsterdam, landed in Boston. Perfect timing. (laughs) Yeah. Landed in Boston, drove up, and at 11 o'clock at night, she arrives and wakes me up. (laughs) Were you able to fall back to sleep after that? Yeah, I'm a pretty pretty solid sleeper. That's good. (laughs) I am not. (laughs) So fell back asleep, and then uh, the alarm went off at, I think it was 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. To have the pre-race meal. Gotta love those early wake-up calls. Yeah. The, the race goes off at 7.30, but you gotta digest the food first. Mm-hmm. Lest you have a... Code brown. There you go. I have to tell you, races of any kind are the only reason I voluntarily wake up like two, three hours earlier than I need to. It's the only way. You eat. I get up maybe a couple hours later. We go down there. The place is just massively packed. With it, people. It's crazy. So, um, and we're tr- just at the transition tent. We're not even at the starting line. No. Oh. oh, yeah. So, I think 3,000 people at the start line. Everybody has one or two, at least, people with them. So, there are easily 10,000 people m- wandering around before wow. the race. And you got to make your way from the transition tent to the start line. It's about a mile walk. Yeah, I would say maybe just under, but it's it's a good walk. You walk in uphill, and then at some point, you know, we stop and you get your your wetsuit on. You try to get in the water for a swim. Everyone's throwing their bags of the clothes for after in the big dump trucks. Yeah, trying to get in the water for a little warm up swim. Mm-hmm. A little nervous pee. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> then they you, you get in in the corral and you you self seed by. Your estimated swim time. Try to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. I've heard it can be pretty brutal in the water, huh? People just like kicking each other, and that's why you swell seat because if you <laughs> if you if you're a lousy swimmer, you go in the front. Everybody's going to just be swimming over you, mm. so you'll get dunked. That is my nightmare. That's why I won't do a try, <laughs> at least not right now. So you know, so then they have the, they have the national anthem, and then typically Montreal has a an F-18 flyover just before the race starts. I know Eric got all excited about that. He's like, oh, the plane, the plane. I did, but you know what? When I did it two years later, no flyover. 
You had it for both of your years, and I never got one. That's not fair. <laughs> no, it wasn't fair. You wouldn't know. You don't know Top Gun, apparently. You know? Oh, come on. <laughs> right, right. I know of Top Gun. I just haven't seen it. I remember I'm with your daughters, and I remember we finally, because all you're looking at is a sea of people in the corral wearing green and pink caps. You know, the women were wearing pink and the men were wearing green. And so you're just looking at hundreds and hundreds of these swim caps. And all of a sudden, as, as the men go off and the women go off, all of a sudden we found you. Just perfect timing right before you went. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that was a good, good moment. Big smiles, waving. I was, I was pretty excited. I was not nervous, just excited. Nice. And I remember you saying you weren't nervous also because you just you knew you were prepared. I was prepared and uh, just ready to go. You know, long day ahead. That's all you can ask for, just being ready. Just getting yourself right. there. Right. Mm-hmm. So 2.4 mile swim. We sent you off as we saw you right before you went. How did your swim go? Uh, the swim went really according to plan. You know, I think I spent probably an hour and six, an hour and seven minutes swimming. Wow. You know, before you... Uh, 2.4 miles, Erica. Mm-mm. 2.4. mm <laughs> so hold on i have a question so when like what time of year is this it was august oh, okay so you're so did you have like warm weather was this like a nice swim was it freezing like, no it wasn't it was it was a it was a nice day it, it was a beautiful great. day yeah it was sunscreen day okay yeah all right now now i'm i'm tr- just trying to picture all this so but the I have water a the water was probably what do you think the water was it was still wetsuit legal yeah the water's probably it's a big lake Probably sixty-eight degrees, maybe sixty-seven, something like that. I don't it's know. It's not where, terrible. It's not Hampton Beach no, ocean weather, you know, <laughs> ocean temperatures. You know, and you know, ninety-nine percent of the people wearing a wetsuit. Mm-hmm. You know, helps to keep you warm and buoyant. So, an unfortunate thing about being a spectator of the mm-hmm. swim is you see them leave, and that's about it. Unlike the run of the bike, where you can be anywhere on the course, mm-hmm. you just see them go off in the distance. And this swim, you go about a mile out. You take a right-hand turn, mm-hmm. and you go a little bit, and then you take another right-hand turn, go about another mile in. And so the tracker, obviously, works better on the bike, and it's estimating Scott's time. But we don't really know when he's going to get out until he gets out and crosses the mat. Okay. And we are in some line. You had to run it to transition at least a quarter mile. Yeah, I think actually the transition at the time was maybe even just a little bit longer than that oh, wow so we found a sign and we made sure to be closer to the transition tent so when he did cross in case there was any delay on the app like okay we knew pay attention watch for him mm-hmm. tell me about that when you saw your two girls yeah so you get out you get out of the water you, you try to get horizontal and you're a little bit dizzy because all the blood is oh my in, God, your, yeah. in your legs so you, you, you said it took you an hour, so yeah. Wow. So you, and I, when I get out of the water, I'm a little bit lightheaded because the blood's rushing back to your to your yeah. head, and uh, you know you get the the uh, wetsuit strippers help help you take your wetsuit off. It's really their job yeah. to take your wetsuits off. They're called strippers. <laughs> yeah. So what do you wear sign, under the, a wetsuit? The sign. Hold on, I gotta tell you. The sign literally <laughs> okay. says "strippers this way." <laughs> yeah. well, that's fun. Okay. Yeah, you're 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 wearing a race suit underneath. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, you know, making my way towards the, uh, towards the transition tent. And then all of a sudden on the right, I, you know, I see the crazy pack of people cheering me on, you know, Eric and my girls and my girlfriend and another friend who was there. And, you know, that's just a huge boost. It's, 
it's just so much fun. And they're, and they're just going crazy. The reaction he had was one of those, like, he's in the zone. He's just kind of running. He's, you can tell he's thinking in his head, what's next? What am I going to do? And then all of a sudden, he sees us. And just all of a sudden, he takes like a right-hand turn. He just loses his <laughs> mind and like maybe almost ran the person. Like, like you know how Dan, uh, Denise. Denise said, yeah, she looked blind- over her, yeah, her yeah. blind spot. <laughs> yeah, he definitely did not look for his blind spot. <laughs> I can I could see how you you would just be so excited that you just don't care you beeline so Here you go and I want to tell you this he goes to transition we sprint about a third of a mile to a part of the bike course where he'll be again passing us in like a matter of a minute mm-hmm. we sprint because we know you're going to be there so let's get into that end to swim transition bike it, it's a it's a uh, sort of a spectator friendly course. I think Eric ran five miles that day you know? okay <laughs> I was all about it. Yeah. You sound like it. You're so excited. Yeah. So you, you, you get in the, in the tent, you, you grab your, uh, you take your wetsuit off and you grab your bike gear and then you run towards your bike. So how long is a transition though? Like, I know you want to do it as fast as possible, but like, what's the normal time for that? Well, since the, uh, since there's a, like a three quarter, not three quarter, maybe over a quarter of a mile run. I think that the, that transition was probably a good five minutes, five, is, six is minutes. Is that a normal thing to have that it, long it, of a It depends. A it, it all depends on how far the, the tent is from where you get out of the water. And that doesn't count towards any of oh, your other mileage, no, does no. it? No, no, it does. Ooh. It's cumulative time. So, uh, Oh, no, I meant like the, the quarter mile. It doesn't count towards any of your other mileage, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> the it time, I, yeah, I could see the time, I, but I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah. once, when, okay. once the gun goes off, the clock is running. So the faster you can go through transition, mm-hmm. uh, the better you're off. That makes sense. And it's a lot easier to make up a minute in transition than the run or bike Mm-hmm. A minute faster. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you you go you go through that. You grab your helmet, your, your bike shoes, or whatever else you need, and you run towards your bike, and off you go. At the, on that course, it's in two out and backs. You're gone from sight from the spectators for well, basically two and a half hours at a time. So the course is fantastic. It's two loops, so. Montremont does a half Ironman and mm-hmm. they do a full a few months later. So you just do the half course twice. It's an out and back, he said twice, but really you pass through the center village like four times. So he goes out and back and then he goes up a hill and down a hill and passes again, then oh. out and back, up and down. So even though it's an out and back, he you come through the center village four times. We saw you at least. I'm, I'm I think you this. saw six times. No, we well, total the in the course. race about 12. Yeah, but on the bike course, like six times. That's great. And there's some races that you'll go to and you only see them twice in both transitions. Mm. So that is really easy for the spectators. That's great. It's not exactly a spectator friendly sport, whether you're, (laughs) whether you're there or you're watching it on TV. And that's why I say when I do my next, it will be there again and Mm -hmm. you'll be there and you'll be like, I can't wait to do this. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far, but I will be so happy for you. (laughs) So how was the bike course? Let's talk about the first lap because things get good in the second lap. Let's talk about the first. I felt pretty good on the uh, on the first lap. I, you know, there's there's one area where the road got bumpy. I think I lost my uh, salt salt tablets at the time. You know, headed out the first twenty miles until the first turn around, and we turn around and start heading about back, and we go up a little hill. And that's where the uh, motorcycle drove up next to me and showed me a blue. Was that the first lap? Yeah, on the first oh. lap. Oh. Yeah. 
So I got uh, a drafting penalty because in Iron Man you're supposed to leave uh, ten meters between you and the bike rider in front of you, huh. and even though on a hill you get zero advantage for drafting, the referee saw fit to give me a uh, a drafting penalty. So this is go- you said uphill. You're going uphill, beh- yeah. but just it's a little a big too close to somebody. Yeah. That sucks. Right. So, you know, the penalty tent was probably another seven miles away. So you're supposed to stop on the first penalty tent. And I was kind of pissed. Hmm. Stopped at the penalty tent. And I was starting to rant. But one guy said, hey, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Just relax. You know, gather yourself. You know, drink. What, you know, what was with, your penalty? So you have to sit on the side of the road for five minutes. Ah, five minutes. Well, everybody is going by you. The I guy see. who told you to, you know, it is what it is, was that another competitor who was in the penalty box? Yeah, just another competitor. You know, there are a few of us there. Okay. So he's flying cheaters. on the bike. Yeah, <laughs> cheaters. You, do you, did you know you were in second place at this time? No, I had I had no idea. So me Spoiler and, alert. Me and his daughters, <laughs> no, me and his daughters knew and we're like watching the app and we're like, holy crap, we're going to Hawaii. Like, if he keeps oh, wow. us up, we're going to Kona, baby. Mm-hmm. We were getting really excited. And you pass us, and maybe we said, going up the hill, like, you're in second. Do you, did we get yeah, that to you? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I could I could hear hear you guys giving me feedback. And, uh, you know, I, I'd gotten up from, I don't know, maybe, maybe 30th on the swim to second coming uh, into town on, on the bike for the, on at the, the end of the lap. first lap. So we would hang out on the, this hill, massive hill, and he had this green helmet, so he was so easy to find in the distance. And the hill was great because Camille would be running up the hill with you, Estelle would be maybe another 100 yards up and run with you, and I would be either before them or after them and run up with you, versus if you're anywhere else there and he goes by you at 20 miles an hour, it's just all you can say is, go, Scott. <laughs> yep. And he's right. gone. He's just a blur. And so, yeah, I, I want to say we relate to you. You're yeah. in second place, and you were kind of like... I was looking for my girlfriend, but she'd gone back to take a nap because she was tired. Oh, no. Yes, that's right. Well, we had we knew we had two hours after the swim and after we set him off on the bike. And so we went back and ate breakfast. And it was like that food coma nap. And she was waiting for a friend there, too. But at one point, she's like, ah, you know, it's a 12-hour race. I'll see him later. Right. <laughs> Me and your daughters, we did not care. We wanted to see you every moment we could on the course. And we moved so much. Yeah, you get caught up in the excitement. Oh, I would do the same so thing. Much fun. How yeah. can you sleep? I think and I it, had three know. Red Bulls though, because I had like two <laughs> hours of sleep. And they were fr- and they're free. Like they're really for the competitors. But I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna take this one. Lay <laughs> That's red, funny. Red, red Bull Hill. Very yeah, nice. it, it's a long, it's a long, lonely day out there. And you know, when you see uh, when you see family cheering you on, it's a it's a good pick me up. Very nice. All right, so you're in second place. You just saw us. You are in a great mood. You're feeling good? Feeling good. Feeling great. Everything is going according to plan. Lap two of the bike, go. So, you know, lap, you, you know, first 56 miles are done. You head back out for the second lap. And that's when the uh, temperature is rising, so it's a lot warmer. Mm-hmm. The wind picks up in, in the late, late morning, early afternoon. Because by then it's probably 11 o'clock. And uh, the second loop is, is harder. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I didn't have the, the, the salt tablets anymore. So I'm starting to feel a little bit lightheaded. So that's, you know, maybe slight dehydration, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not enough calories. It's 
my first Ironman. I don't have any experience with it. So we start heading back at like mile 90. We would do a loop through town on the first loop. I had noticed that there was a pothole, big pothole circled in orange mm-hmm. and avoided it. But on the second loop, oh no, being lightheaded, hit the pothole and went down. Oh no. Hard. Oh no. How fast do you think you're going? I was probably going like 22 maybe when I hit that pothole. Oh, I can't imagine what it did to you, but what did it do to your bike? Well, um, so you, you go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were there were people there uh, that helped me up. Well, the first thing you do when you fall is you move your arms because you want to make sure you didn't break anything, mm-hmm. especially your collarbone. Mm. And then start looking at the bike. Nothing looked out of sorts. So I was probably on the ground for complaining and whining for maybe four or five minutes before I got back on the bike. And that's when I realized that I had no more rear brake. And so... Where we're going, we don't need brakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you, though? Do you really? like? <laughs> yeah. But you st- so I go down, and the last 20 miles of the, of the bike course are the hardest part of the bike course. It's all, most of it's uphill. And I, I said I, no brakes. Yeah. And I was, uh, and, and you, know, you know how when you come back on the, at the end of the loop, there's even an area that has a speed trap because it's dangerous. It's like a no passing zone, mm-hmm. you know, going back downhill. So you go up and up and up this hill and you, know, you turn around and you go back and it's probably five miles up, five miles down. There, There is a speed zone where it's like no passing, stay in line, no passing, too dangerous. Oh, wow. So they're not really checking your speed. They're just, it's no passing zone. No passing zone. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm a hurting, but, uh, you know, a huge adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking at myself and I can see road rash, on the, you know, on the leg and the shoulder. And and so for us back there to, to tell you what was going on, mm-hmm. the app, the tracker, all of a sudden he stopped moving and we're like, why hasn't he hit the next checkpoint yet? And then finally he hits it, but it was like much longer than we thought. He didn't lose any positions, but he took much longer. When he passes us on this hill, we're like, go Scott, just where we saw him the first time. We got nothing back from him. And we can just see his shoulder and what we thought, sunburn. Oh. We thought high dehydration and sunburn, and you're just worn out because when you passed us again, you are at mile like 104, so you got about eight to go, but you're, we're just like, ah, oh. you know, we're like, Hawaii's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but no, he was, we just thought he was sunburned. Like, oh man, out there on the highway, because you're riding on a highway for quite a bit, we just thought he got burnt and like dehydrated. That's what we thought until... Yeah, that, that that was back in the years of the sleeveless uh, tri suit too. That's right. Yeah, so his shoulders and his whole entire arm is exposed and just oh. looked like a sunburn, a bad one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I was feeling pretty miserable. I was I was in a hurry for the bike to get over. Mm. So uh, his daughters and I we run down again. You still haven't seen your girlfriend. Good thing she can't uh, understand <laughs> English. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we run down to transition to see to see you. Come off the bike. And you get off the bike, and right before you run into the tent, you make that right-hand corner, which brings into like a crowd to the tent, and you see us, and we see you. And my reaction was like, oh, my God, he's bleeding. But your reaction was like, I crash, as you hug your daughters, <laughs> and then you ran in. 
ran, so I ran, yeah, so, you know, like pointing at my injuries and I run into the transition tent. I decide that uh, I'm going to go to the uh, medical tent first. So, you know, maybe they can put something on me to numb the pain, a spray or something. Mm-hmm. Smart so they, move. <laughs> yeah. So they make me lie down. Someone comes over and they say, oh, well, I said, can you give me something, some spray? I crashed, you know, it's, it hurts. It's sort of got road rash all over. And say, well, we're not doctors. There's nothing we can do except for clean off the wound with some water. That so they nice. grab a bottle of water and they start pouring water on the wound, which of course feels Makes real. Makes it sting oh, yeah. <laughs> Feels real good. So, oh, man. So lost at least another, uh, just under 10 minutes mm-hmm. probably. It was a long transition. We so, were... So made the transition. I mean, you had to try though. Really long. So, so now we're at, you know, five minutes for the penalty, probably seven minutes for the crash. And then another seven minutes, maybe in there in the medical Mm -hmm. tent, finally go and grab my stuff for the, for the run. You only have a marathon to do. I mean, yeah. (laughs) And you only have a marathon to do. This sounds so awful. You guys, you know, like we I'm are sorry. really, we're really we're selling, selling this no, to you're not Erica. Selling it. No, no, you lost me at the swim. Yeah. Well, but continue. You know, luckily it was the first time I had ever done it. So I really didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So then, so then you head out for the run. It's a two loop course, you know, 13 miles each loop. I can't do the math right now. You, you head out for five miles. And then run back for five miles. Yeah, about that, right? Five, five, five. Yeah, that's what it is. Six and a half, maybe? Yeah. Six and a half? So, you know, that's the only math I can do is the marathon math. You know, and, the, <laughs> you know, the first the first two miles of, of the run are, are, are hilly. Before you get onto an old uh, rail track, you run out to the to the turnaround. And, and I, f- I felt really good for, the, uh, for that first six miles. And then turn around and run back into town. That, that still felt pretty good. You know, saw 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 Eric two or three times on that first loop on the run course. Like I said, he I think he ran five or six miles that day. You can't just give me credit. Your daughters were running with me. Yeah. So you run into town, and I want to go back to the beginning of the run, but I'll explain this. You run through the center of the village, right? And then you come to a point where it's if you're your second loop, you take a left to the finish. If it's your first loop, you take a right. So mm-hmm. there was three spots where we were able to see Scott coming in. And then we ran to the middle of the village and saw him go through the village. And we ran back to the spot where he'll run out. Okay. And we were sprinting. Yeah. You know, all out. And Mark was too. Oh, man. Mark is uh, Camille's husband now. He was out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) You guys had had He's like, I never ran this much in my life. You guys are crazy. But I want to go back to the first quarter mile of the run. Red Bull Hill. So you get out on the run, you take, you get out transition, you take a left right near the swim and you go up this hill. There's a big Red Bull banner. They're giving you Red Bull. There's music. Everyone's mm-hmm. cheering you up the hill. I want to say we walked up the hill and every time we've done this race, we walked up that hill. It's like, it's like, why am I going to kill myself right now? But we walked up and that is when you really told us what happened. Yeah. Phil, filled you on on the crash on that first up, uphill. And yeah. I, w- I want to say your daughters are your biggest cheerleaders right then. Like you still got this, you can do it. Yeah, it you know it was I think still adrenaline. Yeah, the adrenaline got you through. Yeah, so you came through to the village. Yeah, the first the first thirteen point one miles are done. And how'd that feel? That felt good. And then you probably have four hundred yards till you get back to Red Bull Hill. 
and you see the hill and you got to go back up it again. Uh-huh. And, and that's just like, that was just horrible. That's one thing I don't like about the loop courses is just if there's right. one part that sucks and you got to do it again. Right. So, not only that, it's and you followed it's by coming. another hill and then oh. another hill and <laughs> another until you get to the rail trail when it's still a little hilly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I had, I had no set plan, but once I hit Red Bull Hill the, the second time, I was like, okay, I'm going to walk the hills and, uh, no shame in that. Right. Just walk the hills. So you, you walk the hills and then you go start getting on the, the, uh, flat part again and you get to the first, uh, food station. And that's when he's like, okay, you start negotiating with yourself and like, okay, I'm going to walk the food stations too. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, so you start hemorrhaging time. Oh yeah. And, the, and there's a, there's a food station about every every mile and a half maybe uh, no it's every mile it's every mile well, i want to say they have one mm. every mile well in. i don't know man it's metric over there so <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> kilometers we're talking you know so maybe it was every two kilometers which is you know just over a mile and a half when i did it i walked every hill and aid station yeah both loops well I that think. is how you conserve energy a little yeah. bit like the i know first, runners do that a lot they walk the, the first aid stations. loop first loop i might have ran the hills the first time out Mm-hmm. You know, thinking I got this, and then I smartened up. Yeah, but that's what you're doing with yourself. You're you're, you're negotiating. So, so you, you the first food station, you say, oh yeah, I'll just walk the food station. So then you get to the next feeding station, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna walk the station, and I'll eat my food, and then I'll walk for another ten seconds after that, and then I'll start running again. And then you get to the next one, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna stop running. Before the station, you still sound a lot more disciplined than me because I'm like, all right, if I can make it to that tree, right, I'm gonna walk for 30 seconds. Right, this 30 seconds is turning into 45 seconds. Right. <laughs> it just keeps adding up. And then you hit the then you hit the last turnaround, mm-hmm. and at that point you're at mile 20. At mile 20 is when the race really begins. Okay, because that's when everybody starts to really fall apart. <laughs> right, Eric. That's absolutely right. Mm. So, uh, actually, for me, when I did it, and I saw my buddy a quarter mile behind me, I picked it up, but <laughs> I didn't want to lose him. Right. So, so then you're just going from food station to food station, and then there comes a point at that where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna gonna stop running now. See when I can get to the next station. And then you get to another station and you eat, you know, refuel and hydrate. And then you walk after that. And then you really have to have a a battle within yourself saying, okay, now you got to pick up your legs and start running again. And your legs are like, no, no, we're not going to run again. And you're like, (laughs) yes, yes, we are going to run again. That mental game, I can... It's it's a huge mental game. When do you think the adrenaline really like wore off from the Uh, bike crash? It it was, it was... Probably a mile 14 or 15. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to that, I think I was running like eight and a half, nine, nine minute miles. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're running 11 or 12 minute miles. And then, you know, after mile 20, you got a 14 in there because you're, Mm -hmm. because you're walking a good part of it. And I want to say your first loop, you were still second or third. Yeah. And we were communicating that to you, but just all of a sudden, like that second loop, the other runners just had it. 
Yeah. They eventually got you. I mean, they didn't crash a bike, so that was a huge factor. I'm sure it was a factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You come off the, the rail trail, and then you got that section where you got to go up two hills before the, the downhill. And uh, one of the things with, uh, with the races, at least they used to do it, is they would put, uh, they put your bib number on your leg, but they also write your age. So, oh. so as, as people are running by, you know, you take a quick glimpse at their calf, Okay. you know, and if it says anything below 55, you're like, okay, I'll just let this guy go. But if you see someone in your age group, you know, if it says 55 or 56, or, Interesting. you know, you're, you're like, oh God, that guy's ahead of me. Or I'm wondering if he's on the first loop. So there's this guy ahead of me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and keep up with this guy on, on the hill. So he's running up the hill. And I take three steps up the hill and I'm like, nope, nope, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen. So you go, you go back up uh, Red Bull Hill one last time. The backside and, of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, that other really steep climb before you head back into town and walked up that too. And then you, you get into the, uh, in the center of town and then it's downhill towards the finish line. But by then you're, your quads are shot and just running down that hill is just so painful. But you hear the crowd and you, you can hear them come before it's even in sight. And you're kind of going through this snake, or, you know, or spaghetti path and, and everyone is on both sides. They're all cheering your name, no matter who you are. Like, let's go. You're mm-hmm. almost there. Yeah, yeah. Your daughters and I, and your girlfriend who finally made it, <laughs> we were, Right at the finish line in the grandstands. Yeah, We're you talking were, like it's six grandstands high, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so, and that's really the, the high point of the day. You, you come down that chute and then you see your, uh, your, your family there at the, at the finish line and you see the line and you try and get the, get the strength to, you know, put your arms up in the air and do something so that you can remember what it's like. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you hear the voice. You, you hear, you know, you hear Mike Riley and he's like, Scott Black. You're an Iron Man. You know, that's pretty special. It's pretty special. <laughs> Do you recall if he was on the ground or was he up in his scaffolding? No, no. He was up in his, up his scaffolding. Okay, he, he only comes down like after after hour 15 or 16. But I remember, okay, so I was just trying to think of which race it was, but I remember you looking up and like waving to him at one of them. Yeah, that was the, the next race. Okay. All right. Yeah. The one that we didn't crash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, made it across you know, the finish line. And then you get the impression that you can't do another, do another, take another step. You know, finally you just like, your body just lets go. I feel that way for you. Just hearing you. And I'll say one more thing. The finish line's on like some elevated little stage. Like you're running down and then you got to run up. It's like, it's like a, a handicap ramp, but you got to run up that ramp to get to the line. It's like, yeah, that, that, that ramp wasn't so bad. There's another ramp we'll talk about. That was horrible. I can just imagine like trying to yeah. looking at a set of stairs and like crying. <laughs> right. So <laughs> no, don't make me do it. So you you know you cross the line and you get your uh, you know someone puts your your a medal around your neck and they ask if you're okay. <laughs> right. How many times out of ten do people say no? I'm not okay. <laughs> I, I you know you you learn. Um, so you know they ask you if you're okay. Do you, do you need medical? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I don't need medical. So. You know, they, they give you your finisher's t-shirt mm-hmm. and then you, uh, you go into a tent and they've got food for you and they, 
and Mont Tremblant does it does it really nice. They've got some really nice food, mm. you know, and drinks, and you try and sit down at a table. <laughs> with that just that's so painful. And I hadn't, you know, it was my my first my first time, so I hadn't thought about going into the uh, the medical tent after or going to get a massage after. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all I wanted to do was, you know, see, see my family. But, it you know, it took a while to, to digest the food or eat the food and, uh, and, and be able to head out of the tent. And I was just, just a mess. So family's not allowed in the tent. We're on oh. the outside now. We're watching other people, right? We can't find him. You know, maybe 40 minutes has passed. Mm-hmm. And there's one tent with sidewalls up but they're like windows and we can see this is where people are going to get their bag of the after race clothing the, the bag that you threw in the the big dump truck before mm-hmm. and so as a number you go and say i'm number like 1342 and i think that was my number mm-hmm. but and they give you your bag so we were hanging out near these windows like in between the trees and the tent and then we finally saw you we saw you slowly walking over oh. to the tent and then walk into some lady and you don't see us. And we're trying to get your attention. I think we got a lady's attention to get your attention. Yeah. Yeah. So I get my bag. I had, I had a special shirt that I bought myself. And I'm like tell, telling the kids, wait, 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 wait. So I finally get the strength, you know, <laughs> put put the shirt on. I, I, I've gotten, you know, an, an Iron Man shirt with the arc reactor on it. You know, my, my, my kids love that. Mm-hmm. For those who don't understand, the movie Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The Marvel, is, as we talked about earlier, big Marvel fan. Oh, is that his little thing? Yes. Uh-huh. It's the, yeah, I, thought, I thought it was a special name for like the Iron Man guy with like the no, M. No, <laughs> no it's like, literally it was, Iron it was like Man. like his heart right in the middle of the oh. shirt. Yeah. Right. So fi- finally, I get out of the tent. You guys greet me. And, you know, then we, we, we have to walk back to the condo. And the condo is probably a mile away and it's uphill I would do you say, just say no i'm not doing this <laughs> i would say half mile well oh no that's right because that race where the we're further up the road oh yeah you're right and Sick. that's when i started telling you guys you know i think i broke ribs oh my gosh yeah i was like i i was in, i was in pain I did you actually pain. break ribs yeah, uh yeah oh we'll Ooh. get to that but oh, yeah okay sorry <laughs> i couldn't wait i couldn't wait yeah so uh, you know the race is still going on you um it's uh, probably w- almost dinner time yeah the race by, goes by, to midnight but yeah by then it was it was probably 7 p.m yeah. wait what was your time we skipped that oh so that was like 11 11 40 okay 11 40 and I, I don't remember at that moment if you told me you know you were fifth or if that came later i don't recall i think we did tell you you were fifth yeah you were fifth so that is still really respectable especially yeah. for your very first one yeah so i you know mm-hmm. i was i was happy but i was i was in pain i just wanted to get back to yeah. the to the condo and you know uh, we started walking you know eric i put my my our, our, eric between eric and mark and my hands around your shoulders so you guys could help me get to the condo and then we got to the bottom of the hill where the condo was and I was like, I'm never going to make it up the hill. Oh, no. I, I need someone to go get the car, come <laughs> back down, and drive me back up. Yeah. For good reason. I mean, throw it. I would have thrown in that towel, like white flag, a whole shebang. Yeah. So if, if we finally get to the condo, and you know, I don't know if you want to talk about the condition I was in, but I, I was... 
I was a mess. Yeah, let's get the two two perspectives. All right. So if you've ever been in a labor delivery room. <laughs> I can't say I have. But. Women are absolute badass. But if you've never been in one, it would be maybe the next closest thing to it. <laughs> when you're in the other room and you can hear because I felt so bad for his daughter. So I'm in the room, the bedroom with Scott and his girlfriend's in there. And I'm hopping in and out because it is not a sight you want to see. But some of the sounds you were making could be up there to like with a delivery room. Oh yeah. So, oh, no. goes. so um, you know, I think I think I stayed on the couch for like two hours. You did, and your brother called. Yeah, Brad called. You guys were trying to feed me, you know, because you need to get food in. Oh yeah, you know, quickly. And I just couldn't eat anything. So finally, I said, you know, why don't you just put some chicken in a blender? with some water and tomato sauce and I'll just try and drink that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do what it takes. I mean, and, and I yeah. remember when your brother called that, um, none of us really knew how the race went yet from your perspective. Yeah. And so we finally heard it for the first time when you told your brother on the phone, right? Like we're right. sitting there like, you know, Indian style on the mm -hmm. floor, he's on the couch and hearing it and, and you're still in all your clothing. You haven't changed. Oh, oh yeah. I'm yeah. You no, know, he couldn't. He couldn't even get it off. Oh, that's, yeah. that's when we're getting to the uh, bedroom delivery room situation. But mm -hmm. oh yeah, you know, you, you spend eleven hours in your race suit and you're still in the in it two hours later. That's, oh. that, that's not recommended. No. You know, so I don't. So I finally, get the strength to go into the, the bedroom and hopefully take a shower. You know, it's a bathtub and I can barely step over the the edge <laughs> of the tub to get in. You know, and then. I have road rash. So mm -hmm. turn the water on. Oh. Where was the road rash? Uh, shoulders, back, arms. I know how bad it is just trying to shower after chafing. This is like oh, yeah. next level shit. <laughs> yeah. And I will say I was not in the bathroom for this. I left. It was, I, <laughs> it was just you it. and your girlfriend. It was mm. all on her. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, wow. But, but then I think a little bit later, I begged you to give me a leg massage. Well, it, well, I didn't give you like one with my own hands. What were those rolling? You know those rolling sticks? Yeah. He, he had one of those and he's like, she maybe she couldn't do it or was doing something else. But yeah, I was rolling you, that thing back and forth. You could tolerate that? After like races, I'm like, don't touch me. I'm so sore. Everything hurts. <laughs> and like that just sounds like torture. Yeah. I would have wanted, if it were me, I would have been just like, get me dry and clean. And I'm laying down. For days, for days, mm -hmm. if it were me. I don't know how you got up the next day. I don't know either. I actually, I had to leave. So I left early the next day, like at 5.30 in the morning. But fifth place in Ironman is mm -hmm. a podium. Right. Oh, wow. And, and I didn't know that. It was on the way back when we got back to the condo that I ran into a guy uh, who had just done the race. It was in the same age group. And I told him I finished fifth. He's like, Oh, that's awesome. You get to go to the award ceremony and be on the podium tomorrow. I'm like, podium? <laughs> that's fantastic. So, yeah. So we you know, we go to the award ceremony and that's one of the nice things that Iron Man does is there's an extended podium and the top five get on the podium. This is the morning after. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's where the uh the award ceremony is and the uh the Kona slot allocation is and okay. you know, you 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 know, you walk up and you ask the guy who's finished first if he's going to take a slot. You ask the guy who's second if he's going to take a slot and third. And so you can turn down a slot. If yeah, some people don't oh. want to go, or some people might have already qualified. Oh, well, oh, well, well. Well, I see. Or they've been there before and they're like, "Yeah, I can't do it yeah. this year. Let someone else do it." Right. 
So unfortunately, two people took the slot. So mm-hmm. first and third, I think. Yeah, I think it was first and third for that oh, wow. race. Yeah, yeah. So he missed it. Yeah. So no, no Kona for me. Still a great attempt. Yeah, I was. That... You know, I was. I was happy, but mm-hmm. I think it was twenty-four minutes out of the, the qualifying spot. Oh, so, so then is your brain starting to be like, where could I have? So that's where your brain's <laughs> like, oh, geez. But... So the five-minute penalty, their crash, mm-hmm. and then running with the broken ribs. But with the crash. And with your injuries that we'll get into, could you have made Kona two months later? No, not not with the broken ribs. No way, because uh, Montremblant was August twentieth, and then Kona is literally eight weeks later. Oh, so, wow. no way. How long did it take your ribs to heal? Well, let's get into that. Let's get into you go home. So we drive home. On, so that's on Sunday. We drive drive back on Monday. You know. Six hour. Seven you had to hour. sit in a car ride. Oh yeah, the seven hour uh, car ride is not not pleasant. No. You know, Tuesday morning, go go into work, and I you know hadn't slept the night before, and uh, spent the day at work in pain. Mm. And you know everybody knows that there's really not much you can do for broken ribs, but at like four fifty five in the afternoon, I was like, I just can't take this pain anymore. I'm going to the hospital. So mm-hmm. I went. They took their x-rays or three broken ribs. Wow. And, uh, you know, they say, here, take some aspirin and some muscle relaxants. And then, for, you know, for the next two or three weeks, you just pray that you don't laugh or cough. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds so awful. Oh, yeah. It was, aw- uh, it, it was awful. Don't See, breathe the, too hard, by I the think way. the only <laughs> thing he enjoyed was telling people about the race. Everyone would come into work. We had an office of about 200 plus people at mm-hmm. the time. And I remember like we'd, you'd go and someone would stop you and you would talk to them for 10 plus minutes. And like he got a whole crowd in the cafeteria after breakfast on Tuesday. And he, you really enjoyed talking to them. And that was the only time you, did it, you didn't hate it because yeah. you were just like in so much pain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Iron Men don't like talking about their <laughs> You've got to celebrate that glory. I would be writing it on the walls. I'd be screaming it from the rooftop. Well, writing it on a wall, this guy who never logs on to Facebook, logged on to Facebook to write <laughs> a essay about Iron Man. Yeah. I, uh, it's probably his last post. <laughs> I, you know what? I think, I think it is my last post. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm going to find it. I'll post it for everybody. But, uh, you know, you know, after that, my, you know, my girlfriend made me promise that I'd never do another one. So that lasted long. <laughs> yeah. When was your next one? Well, I guess we'll get into that too. Yeah. When the next yeah, one so, so I think it probably took, one or two months before I went up to Eric and I was like, Hey, I just signed up for next year. That's great. And I was like, yes, we're going back to Canada. (laughs) It's really nice to know that there's other people who are gluttons for punishment, (laughs) just like me. How about that? He promises his girlfriend he will never do another Iron Man. And two to three months later, he walked into my office and he goes, dude, I just signed up. I was so excited and I was like, what are you going to tell her? And he goes, I'm not going to tell her. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And it was so much fun. I don't think he told her for like six months, like maybe, maybe wow. longer. Haven't we all done that though? Like I'm never going to do this again. And then you forget about it. You're just like, okay, all the pain that happened, it's nothing. The triumph, triumph outweighs the pain. 
It's just, yeah, natural. Well, we do that. Gonna do it again. We do that, but exactly. we don't. We don't always promise our significant others we'll never do it again. Like that was more of a she goes. You can never do that again. You almost died. <laughs> In French, I got a great story I want to share with you. All right. Mm-hmm. So we talked about how his daughter showed up at ten, eleven o'clock because she flew over from Europe. Mm-hmm. I was there the night before and the entire day with him and helping him out and everything. But his his girlfriend is there and she's she's a wonderful woman, but she does not speak English. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a little tough to communicate. Scott goes to bed at like seven o'clock and I made dinner and it was spaghetti. So it wasn't like a big deal or anything. We sat mm-hmm. across the table from each other in silence eating spaghetti because we couldn't communicate. Oh, the language barrier. All yeah. you could hear was, you know, the fork on the plate and twirling the spaghetti <laughs> and all that. It was super awkward, right? And yeah. she would be like, is it good? And I'd be like, oh, it's really good. Yes. And she'd go, good. You know, that's all <laughs> we could get across. So then it gets better. I turn on the TV. Now, everyone knows I used to work in NASCAR. I'm a little bit of a NASCAR fan. It was the night race at Bristol, like, one of the top two races of the year. And I turn it on TSN, which is like the ESPN of Canada. And it just happened mm-hmm. to be on. And hey, everyone can understand racing. It's cars going around in a circle and you look for the leader. Like you don't, no language barrier. She communicates yeah. to me somehow like, oh, can I watch something? You know, so I'm like, sure. You know, this is not my place. This is your place. You guys paid for. I'm a guest. She puts on mm-hmm. a comedy show in French. Oh no. She is laughing her ass off constantly at this show and i'm just like looking at her like i don't i don't i don't don't, don't get it what's so funny tell me the joke like and she can't tell me the joke and when his daughters arrived i was like yes i'm so happy (laughs) all i can picture right now so i'm looking at you through my phone camera because we're we're video chatting and all i can think of is seeing like little like question marks going like above your head like beep 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 like what is happening well and i'm looking back and forth at the tv and her and i'm like i don't get it i don't get it and I'm like, and so I'm in Canada and I didn't have whatever phone plan on my phone to like really be on social media unless I was connected to yeah. Wi-Fi, which I might have been at the time. I can't remember. But when his daughters mm-hmm. got there at like 1030 p.m., I only knew one and I knew her barely. And then so that was Estelle. And then Camille was there who I was meeting for the first time and her boyfriend, now husband Mark. So that mm-hmm. was that was quite the <laughs> night for like five hours with his girlfriend and Scott not being there to translate for me. So it was it was quite <laughs> funny and I love that story. But but yeah. Nice. What do you got going on this week? Do you want to tell them what is who's coming on next? Do you want to uh spoil or do you want to yeah. surprise? So yeah, I'm totally ready to spoil it a little bit. Um so you guys have heard me talk about her a lot because she's one of my best running friends, but we've got Miss Rachel Runs for Medals coming on the show. We're going to be do, doing some taping uh Wednesday, I believe. Um and we'll release her episode next week and we're going to talk about all of our shared interests and shared racing stories and yeah, she's going to be a blast to talk to. I'm so excited cuz it will be in person just like Scott. So that's going to yeah, be fantastic. Exactly. Also, you and I really haven't done this in, it feels like a long time, but we took like, we took two weeks off of you and me doing it. We had school vacation week. I had Adeline home all the time, even though we had some Mm -hmm. episodes preloaded and ready to go. I haven't seen you in a while. So now we just did Scott's recording the other day. We're talking now. We're talking again Wednesday. We'll have that one out Monday and we're going to get back into like a, I don't know, maybe three times a month rotation. 
Mm-hmm. We were rolling. Yeah, getting back into the swing of things, right? We, yeah, we were rolling in March and April, and we just had that little break, and I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. So I'm so excited to do more. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. So I am excited for Rachel. You two just got back from Kansas, and she raced with yes. you two days ago or yesterday in Manchester. She is like the yep. running queen. You should see... People were impressed with your room and your medals downstairs. You should see her. Oh, hers beats mine. Oh, absolutely. And she's got like quite the medal collection. Well, that's her name. That's her Instagram handle. (laughs) So she she lives up to it for sure. I feel like she is one of the more well-known runners in the state or at least the area. She is well-known to a lot of of groups. I'm not talking elite runners like runners who are going to be winning races and just, just as a runner. She's all over the, she runs this town. She's all over the pro compression. She's Mm -hmm. posting a lot and she's just doing races every week. And just like you, you and her are practically best friends, running buddies. You're better than, Mm -hmm. than with me. So she's going to be fantastic. (laughs) When, when she said she wanted to come on, she messaged the accountant saying, I could talk about running all day. We might have to do a two part series with her. (laughs) <laughs> we will see. I got to type up some show notes and uh, and get some topics for you. Awesome. All right. Hey, I want to show you something. I want to play you we something. Got... All right. We had our Peloton episode a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we're yes. talking about how you get all the shout outs from Bex. Well, I got one for you. And it's okay. not me. It's my sister, Hannah. And she sent this to me. And it okay. is fantastic. You ready? Here we go. I just got a shout out from the Cody Rigsby. Dancing with the stars. Fall 2021. Bronze medalist Cody Rigsby has said my name. And he was referring specifically to me when he said it. <laughs> she sounds so pumped. Oh my god. She she flipped the camera and was zooming in and out, zooming in and out on Cody Rigsby. It was hilarious. But then guess what happens? What? This. He just said that a second time. He literally just showed me on a second time. She has her hand swinging in the air like if she's swinging a, a what do you call it a lasso on a on a on a horse or something like and she's like woohoo whoa holy cow she was so excited she got two shout outs in like less than a minute apart I don't I don't know how that happened or From if you... Cody no less Cody that's Rigsby. awesome you know I I'll... still have not gotten a bike shout out yet I'm working on it I tried oh I wrote I rode my 350th the other day and I tried to get a shout out on Kendall's ride but it didn't happen. I I'm picky. Tried so hard. I'm picky about who I have to do rides with, but I have tend to lately taken warm up and cool down rides with Cody Rigsby. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you do his Britney Spears ride yet? It was just a, try it. Just do it. Well, Power Zone Pack will be over for me tomorrow, so maybe after that because Same. I have. You ready? <laughs> do you have the hour ride to do left? I do too. Are no, you doing the no, FTP? No, it's the yeah. You're doing the FTP too. We're doing the FTP. I am not doing the FTP this what? week. I will redo it, but what? I am doing the hour ride. I need to rest my legs. I want to put everything I have into this FTP test. So I am taking a little break. I will do it within the week, but I am not doing it to count for the challenge. Maybe I do the hour ride then and I do the FTP. Maybe we do the FTP together. Do you want to? I'll totally do it. 
But wait, I think they don't have the leaderboard for FTP tests, so I won't be able to high five you. Well, we'll have to see about that. All right, let's try to do that. Let's try to do it together. All right, maybe we is, could do um, the, a video series about it. The problem is with me; I always have to do these <laughs> late, and and you know, late is you're tired. Yeah. We'll we'll try to organize it. We'll see what happens. All right, we'll talk Wednesday about it, so we won't do it before Wednesday. <laughs> so, but I'm excited to see you yes. on Wednesday. So. Yes, me too. I think we should let everyone go now. I hope you all enjoyed the Scott Black Part 1. We'll call it the Scott Black Road to Kona series Part 1. I hope you all enjoyed it. In about a month, we'll put out Part 2, and that involves Cozumel, Mexico. And Erica, what did you think of that Cozumel story? <laughs> because it is... Uh, it's, 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 it's a, it's a freaking doozy, you guys. That, I, I, I have no words. I have no words. It topped. Just listen. It topped the part one of his bike crash that you just heard all about, and in the wreck and the, the broken ribs, and then just like the pain in the in the other room. And and just for clarification, I don't think Scott Black nearly went through what women went through in labor. My comparison was more <laughs> his daughters are in the other room, so it's like when you're in the other room. You know the movie Knocked Up when they're in the other room mm-hmm. and they can hear her screaming. That was my comparison <laughs> more so. It was like the daughters were in the other room and they could hear, hear Scott like, ah! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, that's got to be like an awkward feeling. Like, it's just, that's what I thought of. I should, you know, so Scott is mm-hmm. not as strong as a woman going through labor. But that <laughs> sound when you're in the other room was kind of like what I put one and two together there. So, yeah, that was great. Anyways. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Anything else before we go? I don't know, man. I'm just really excited to get into our next interview. So let's, uh, yeah, we'll just save it for then. All right. One more thing, Erica. Tell us what to do. You guys know the drill. Don't forget to stretch. Keep that in for the blooper. (laughs) That was a ripper, dude.